Welcome. It is my pleasure to be interviewing Ken Seng Lim on our take five of COVID vaccination clinics. Ken Seng is going to lead us through a little bit about his community, his practice and staff and plans for how a COVID vaccine clinic might work in your community. So over to you, Ken Seng. Thank you very much, Charlotte, and thank you for this opportunity to be here. So for those who don't know me, I'm Ken Singh Lim. I'm a general practitioner in Mount Druid. So we've got a fairly small practice. We've got about four full-time equivalent doctors out of six bodies. But of course, since I'm half the time on some Zoom meeting or something somewhere, it's probably more like about three and a half full-time equivalents. Overall, we've got around about three and a half thousand regular active patients. But if we really look at who is likely to be eligible for the COVID vaccines, it's probably more like about 2,000 of that number. And of course, not all of those are going to be in stage 1B. Some are going to be in stage 2. And of course, we have to plan for that as well. However, as a clinic, we did put our hand up to be part of stage 1B. And we have been accepted to be part of stage 1B. But exactly where that comes in, we don't know yet, just like so many other practices around the country. What we do know is that there are quite a lot of requirements, and those requirements include the soundproof room at the beginning to do the consent and the discussion of the patient, the need to have the consent, the fact that we are going to be seeing patients who are not our own regular patients. We're also in a situation where we don't know how all the bookings are going to take place. We know that there are groups who are going to be doing it. We know health directors involved. We also know that they are going to be collecting information in their own right about those who might be coming to see us. So they will be collecting information about, say, potential contraindications, of which fortunately there are not too many, but nonetheless, things which might be there. They will also be collecting information about eligibility and be hopefully directing patients in the right way. I suppose the problem we're seeing here is that this is going to require a process which is not like how you give the flu vax. This is not the flu vax. This is a whole new process. We are looking at patients for or with whom we may not have had any pre-existing relationship, with whom we have no records, and with whom we are going to have to almost treat each encounter as a whole new encounter. And we are going to have to be doing this in a way which we know our clinic is going to be financially constrained and is going to have to use the resources in a very, well, in a much more efficient way. So if we break this down, we have to look at the first step, which is once someone is booked in, how we are going to do a consent, how we are going to get some preliminary information. So that's going to require one staff member. And whether that staff member is going to do it when someone comes into the door, or we try to do that before they come in, and that's preferably the way we would want to do that, with pre-visit consultations or phone calls to try to get some more information, populate the database, and try to smooth out the journey so that when that person arrives at the doorstep, they can hopefully be able to see a one-page consent form, which will summarize the information which has already been discussed, which they can then sign and discuss with someone if they need to. The next step along that is the actual delivery process and the preparation process. So the delivery, the preparation of the vaccines and multi-dose vials 
or from multi-dose vials is going to require its own process, which has been and is in the process of being drawn up by our practice nurse and practice manager. And we will have to have that as a two-person process with someone to check it and have all of the equipment labeled appropriately and prepared appropriately. And this is before patients start to come in. So this is going to be an almost industrial type process where there will be a pre-visit checklist, a beginning of visit checklist and a consent form, and then hopefully a short waiting time because hopefully this is going to go very efficiently. There's a lot of hoping here. And when this next part comes in, there will then be the actual administration part, which will require in all probability two clinical staff in the room at that time, likely to be a nurse and the doctor. And then we will hopefully, if things go well, have the patient moving into the dedicated observation area with appropriate spacing in a part of the practice which is not currently being used. So there are multiple elements here which are going to require a complete reworking of the way the practice runs. And it's not that it's not doable. All of this is very doable, but this is not usual business. Still, I think that what we do say is this is something we have to do, and we do see it as part of what we have to do for our community and our patients who have a certain expectation of us, even though we're going to be immunizing those who are not our usual patients. So I think that's in a summary most of the things that we're planning and what we're planning on doing, we are certainly seeing various, we have certainly looked at different ways of trying to digitize this process, but we keep coming back to thinking that we're going to be doing paper forms and clipboards and pens, which are going to be sterilized in between each patient, and that we're going to be keeping, and we might even be reviving some of those old RACGP cardboard files again, but we are still waiting for more details and hoping that things are going to go smoothly. I'm interested in hearing a little bit about what process. I mean, you, you went to say that you're going to move to paper, which I find very interesting as a person who is a very digital GP, because the other people I've been interviewing are much more positive about being able to do it a little bit more with some automation in there. Tell me a little bit about your booking system. Will you sort of be sending out invites? Are you going to be asking patients to do their own bookings? Is it going to be part of the current practice systems or separate to and how will that accommodate the people you don't know? So a lot of this is going to depend on how the government um, or how the Commonwealth actually wants to run those booking processes. So I suppose that's part of where we're waiting to see what happens as well. So is there going to be, for example, a central booking line which is run through Health Direct, where someone might ring them up and go through that booking and that books directly through the clinic? So that might be one. On the other hand, if we have a lot more flexibility, then our options are actually quite a lot easier because we can handle direct bookings a lot more easily and we can, of course, uh, set and we can actually do quite a lot more. We'll actually be much happier if we can do that. So when I refer to paper, paper in many ways is the default option when we're looking at someone whom we have never seen before. If we're looking at, and if the process was simplified, and this is where I'm going to say 
wouldn't life have been so much easier if we knew who our patients were and those patients were registered with us and we knew who we had a responsibility to do this for? Because our process then would have been much simpler. We would actually send our patients a notification through their practice application, which would have attached it a hyperlink to a document which they would hyperlink to, whether it be on their mobile phone, on their email, and they can actually complete all of these forms online, and we would then collate all those forms in the background and have them ready in their files when they come in. So, so will you do that for patients who are already part of your practice? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're going to sort of have potentially two systems running alongside. One which is for patients that you know about and part of the system and you can easily send out an automated invitation and all the paperwork versus, shall we say, the unknown unknown where you have no idea how many people from outside might be coming to you and you may need to adopt a paper process for them and how many, well, again, who knows? Yes. You just have to sort of be a little bit flexible on that. I'll dive a little bit deeper at that point. So will you then, in terms of your planning and people who ring in, will you then try and book them into your system so that you at least have a much more, you can say, I'm going to reserve, for instance, 80% of my appointments in the first instance for patients that I know and see how many from outside are actually approaching me and then I can adjust the numbers for access? I think the likelihood in the initial phase is that we are going to see a lot of interest from existing patients of the practice. And at this point, we are already seeing quite a lot of interest. So we have already started that priming process with information up on websites, information on our Facebook site as well. And we do have the capacity to send those this information either as mass emails or SMSs to our relevant patient cohort. So that is definitely the easy part. There is no question that where the anxieties lie, if you like, or the difficult part lies is in the unknown unknowns, which is we don't know how many spots we would need to reserve. Now, And can I say you don't know how many vaccine vials you're going to get each week? There are multiple unknown unknowns, I think is probably the best way to well. Actually, you know, some of these are known unknowns, but there are multiple unknowns in this whole process. And this is very clearly one of the challenges because it is very difficult to plan too far ahead without actually knowing all of this. Because if we do know how many vials we have, if we know what our capacity is, then we can actually set aside the right amount of time on any given day and say, this is the number. We can do 30, we can do 50 on this day, we can do whatever. I mean, we've worked out that we could actually do up to 100 on a day if it did come to it. But it does come down to this whole question of, how many vials or rather how many doses we will have available, whether we can reliably expect resupply, such as, of course, as the issue with influenza vaccines, and how reliably we can book ahead, and of course, how many uh, appointments we will have to take from outside the practice as well. Yeah, so it'll be, I mean, I suppose it'd be nice to pin you down a little bit about, you know, percentages and things, because I'm sure you know exactly how many you're expecting to have to vaccinate from your own patient population. And so then it's about sort of, I suppose, setting an expectation of what percentage you might cater for and then see what the interest is from external. I imagine that interest will decrease significantly as other practices come online. 
I would imagine so as well. And I do think that there will be other issues which will um, determine someone's choice as to which practice they go to. So as an example, they may very well, patients who are looking to go somewhere for it, may very well choose or preference practices, say, in large shopping centers, as an example, for other reasons. So we actually don't know what exactly is going to happen. But I tend to agree with you, Charlotte, that I would suspect that the majority of patients who would choose to get it done with us are likely to be our usual patients. And we have an idea as to how many they are, but it is also complicated by the fact we are seeing a lot of this rolling over and happening at the same time as influenza vaccines are going to happen as well. So um, given the separations in time that we have to look at, minimum of two weeks between vaccine doses, we are seeing a very busy couple of months happening. Oh, yes, indeed it is. Well, thank you very much for sharing the insights around the planning where you're up to. And I might call upon you to update us as to how you're going once you know a little bit more about the unknowns. Thank you very much, Charlotte. Pleasure talking to you.